Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. So I've been planning and preparing, and I'm grateful that you are listening to this first installment of The Extra Point. I'm recording this the week of November 17th, 2019. An extra point is a place where I can share a little more of what's on my mind, what's on my heart, especially related to the Sunday morning message at Ogletown. It was a pretty busy weekend at our church. Saturday and Sunday, there were people gathering for a lot of different activities. This was people from all ages coming together for fellowship, for projects, for mission, real partnership, and I enjoyed this weekend. I actually started a new series, and I'm calling this series, What We Need Now what we need now. There's an urgency about it. It'll lead up to Christmas, and this series is going to take us from Isaiah 1 to Isaiah 12. There were a couple of verses that I highlighted, particularly this past Sunday. So, one of those was Isaiah 1-4. I want to read it to you. It says, O sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, brood of evildoers, depraved children. They've abandoned the Lord. They've despised the Holy One of Israel and they have turned their backs on him. Another passage was Isaiah 1.18. Come, let us settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are crimson red, they will be like wool. I wanted to emphasize on Sunday that Isaiah 1 is a charge and an accusation, but also an invitation. I wanted to capture some things that I think are right there in Isaiah 1 that speak not only to Isaiah's time, but our time as well. One of those is that we have a tendency to think that things are not that bad in our lives. We think that, but yet sin is wrecking us. Scripture says in James 1, sin when it is finished brings death. And so I just wanted to highlight that although we may not think it's that bad, sin has a way when it is not dealt with, when it is not confessed, it empties us out, it hollows us out. That's why one of the ways we could talk about sin is its vanity or its emptiness tendency to think things are not that bad. And then I also wanted to mention that we have this tendency to look for a relationship-free remedy. So we, we seek out maybe activities we think will deal with our sin, but really avoid dealing with God. But the true remedy is a relationship, and God has taken the first step toward reconciling us, toward reconciliation of this relationship. The question becomes, will we trust? And that's the invitation. God says, come. And Jesus says the same thing, come to me all who are weighed down. So we're thinking about some extra points that I didn't necessarily get to emphasize or go into deeply yesterday. One thing I would say when you preach a book like Isaiah or even teach through a book uh, Isaiah, one thing that's hard is you actually have to divide up the message. So if there's kind of a unifying message, a book like Isaiah has 66 chapters and most likely you're not going to handle all 66 in one, one sitting, one message. So you have to divide it up. What's hard is some of those messages are heavy, even though the next chapter may give a great relief to some of the heaviness. And so you could read one chapter of Isaiah and come to the conclusion, this is really, really negative, and Isaiah is really down on things. But then the next chapter is a message of hope, and sometimes we don't get this individually as we look at individual chapters. So it's just one of the challenges to try to make sure you're preaching a passage or teaching a passage clearly but also taking into context the, the next chapters as well. I did get a few questions for consideration to think about here on the extra point. 
So one of those questions was just very simply, who is Isaiah and what was his context? And I didn't go deeply into this, uh, partly because Isaiah, one, doesn't go so deeply into Isaiah, his times and his call. It does mention, though, that he was a prophet and he gave his message in the time of some kings. This was not a high point in the time of the Israelite empire or Israelite nation, but actually a time of decline. There were countries like Assyria and Egypt and Babylon. These empires were pressing in on Israel and already the northern tribes, the the 10 tribes in the north had fallen and the southern tribes were experiencing some of these pressures. And so this was the context of Isaiah writing. We actually get more of his call in Isaiah 6, and we'll get to that. But kind of Isaiah 1 just dives right into the message of Isaiah. So that's who he was a little bit more about what his context was. I got another helpful question that I just want to spend a little bit of time talking through as well. And I'll try to summarize the question. It's basically this. How can we use some of the passages like this, like Isaiah 1, that talk pretty frankly about sin How can we use those to confront and speak to the world, maybe even in evangelism or defending our faith, without adding to the impression that we are just piling on more guilt? So sometimes religion is accused of this, just piling on guilt on people. So how can we use a passage like Isaiah 1 to confront the world, speak to the world, without just having it pile on more guilt? So let me give you a few thoughts here. One is I'm not sure Isaiah 1 would be my starting point for evangelism, although I should say it definitely informs how I might evangelize. I I think one way it informs that is it's it is helpful in evangelism to point out some of the harmful consequences of sin, especially to others. I had a conversation recently where we were talking about the nature of sin, the challenge of sin in our own lives, how it affects others. Without a doubt, I think Christianity puts us in the path of thinking about sin more than maybe others, uh, more than a non-religious worldview would. You might not even really think much about sin, but I think eventually there are going to be things that press in on our hearts, uh, whether it be related to sin, whether it be related to the consequences of sin, maybe the shame we feel, the guilt we feel. And what about harming others? What do you do when that happens? Is there any way to make it right? Do you need to ask for forgiveness? Is it enough just to resolve to do better? Can you just like meditate or reflect your way out of the situation where you might have hurt someone else? And so if if you come to the conclusion, I don't need to do anything, I just, I'm not sure that makes sense of how life should work. So I, I could use Isaiah 1 to say, I think we're all sinful and I think we have to deal with sin in some capacity. So in that way, I maybe even am appealing to the conscience of a person that's not yet a believer, maybe asking them, how do you think we can make that right? How do you deal with shame of, of mistreating another person or the guilt that you feel because of that? And who determines whether you have done enough to warrant forgiveness? Is there a way to move forward? Or does that sin, that guilt, that shame, does it always remain? So in Thinking through Isaiah 1, which lays out an an accusation of our sinfulness, I might be informed by that, even if I don't use this passage specifically, I might be informed by realizing that all of humanity has to deal with guilt and shame. And I want them to think through, what does it mean to hurt other people? And is there a resolution to that? And what about our conscience that says, I'm feeling guilty? How do we deal with that? 
And that's when I might make this turn. I might say, it really makes sense to me that something has to come from the outside. I can't just make up in my own mind that I, it's okay. It's not a problem. I need something from the outside. In all that time of having this conversation, I probably would be praying that the conversation might even undermine some of their confidence in themselves or their system of handling things. And that confidence that they might have, if that's undermined, that might give them more attention to look for the help to come from the outside, not just internally. So that's just an idea. I don't know if that answers it directly, but hopefully that gives you an idea of how even passages like Isaiah 1 could be helpful to inform how you might evangelize, appealing to the conscience, appealing to how does sin work itself out and how do we handle it? As always, if you want to get in touch and ask a question for a future podcast, if you just want to make a comment, you can always shoot me an email at chill at ogletown.org. I also wanted, before we're done here, I wanted to share a few resources that may be useful to you and kind of that I thought that would go along with the message that I preached on Sunday. So one of those resources, I realized it was a heavy message on Sunday. And so one of the things that I was so pleased with is the way Pastor Chris ended our worship service. So he ended actually quoting a good portion of Psalm 51. And so I just want to recommend you You need some Psalms like this, like Psalm 51, Psalm 32 would be another one that actually voice a confession to the Lord. And so if you haven't been really familiar with those, this might be an excellent time to think through, okay, if I have sinned, what do I do with that? How do I acknowledge that? How do I confess that? Psalm 51, Psalm 32 will give you great words to go to the Lord with and a great prayer, kind of along the same line. So I think I want biblical words in my mouth as I confess my sin. But I also think it's helpful. For, it's been helpful for me to have some songs of confession that I can listen to. So I love music. And I think many of you who listen, you would say music has a way of expressing some things in your soul. So there's a song I've been listening to lately, um, and I'll link to these in the show notes. But the song is God Will You Forgive Us, talks about a path of sinfulness and a desire to turn from that. Or another song that we sing occasionally at our church is Restore My Soul. Or we've just started singing a song called His Mercy Is More. Or another hymn that I remember singing for years is Just As I Am Without One Plea. But that your blood was shed for me. And it walks us through some of the guilt and shame and sin that we feel and how to deal with it. Or there's another song that I, again, have sung for many years, Whiter Than Snow. It talks about casting down every idol. Lord Jesus, I want to be perfectly clean. And I think a lot of this is from this passage in Isaiah 1. I would just recommend to you that you might have songs that you've downloaded or songs that are a part of your playlist that you could listen to regularly and think about and help you take the sin that you feel, the shame that you feel, the guilt that you know you have, And you take that to the Lord and music may be a great outlet to actually confess your sin. So I wanted to give you those Psalms to reflect on a few songs of confession that may be useful to you. And you probably have others that you could add. So I'm sure there's more we could talk about, but I hope what we have talked about has served you well. So bye for now. And I want to thank you again for listening this week to The Extra Point. Mm -hmm.